0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's sermon of the week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. So, we are on an exciting journey. What's the series that we are going through at the moment? Seasons. And we are on an exciting new season that God is taking us on. He's growing this church and he's growing us. In this next season, God is taking us out of our comfort zones, not because God don't care about us, but because God wants to grow us so that we can be His witnesses to all the world. And God is calling us to step up in this season. The title of my message this morning is to step up into the things of God God is calling us to be witnesses for Him, and in order for us to step out into our purpose and destiny in God, we are required to step up into the things of the Spirit. Because as we start to become aware of the things of a Spirit, we become aware of the things of God, we become aware of what God is doing in our lives, and we start seeing and experiencing God in every part of our lives. Romans 8 verse 5 to 6 says, for those who set their minds on the things of a spirit is life and peace, but for those who set their minds on the things of a flesh is death. And I'm talking a little bit about renewing our minds this morning because it's really important that we constantly live in the spirit and not in the flesh. Our minds are probably the most important thing that we need to take care of as Christians, because whatever is going on in here will be the thing that will end up controlling us. Now I have found that in my years of being a Christian, that my greatest enemy is not the devil. Now some of you might be really surprised. My greatest enemy is not the devil, because when Jesus died on the cross, it said that he defeated the devil. He's a defeated foe. The highest that he will ever go is the bottom of my feet. My greatest enemy is my flesh. Because when I walk in the flesh, I don't experience God. When I walk in the flesh, I feel far from God. When I walk in the flesh, I seem to not hear God's voice. And in order for us to break that, we need to step up into the spirit. And that's what God is calling us in this season to do, to step up into the spirit. Sometimes I think that we give the devil too much airtime. We we blame the devil for things that we are actually inflicting on ourselves by walking in the flesh. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about what's happening in the mind, and then a the second part of my message will be how do we practically go about renewing our minds? Is that okay? awesome. The first thing that I want to talk about is, I want to talk about what are you feeding? Which one are you feeding? I want you to look at, on the stage here, on this side, imagine two dogs, one on this side, one on this side. Now, I don't condone dog fighting, but just bear with me as as I go through this example. If you were to feed this dog for seven days, right, and you don't feed this dog for seven days, and these two dogs fight each other, Who, which one will win? The one that you feed. So how is it that we are expecting to live a spirit-filled life when the only time we feed our spirit is once once a week on a Sunday and the rest of the week we are feeding our flesh? You see, when we feed our flesh and it comes to stepping out into the spirit, it's really difficult. Because whichever one you feed is the one that actually ends up controlling your life. And I have found that when I feed my spirit, it's really easy to step out into the spirit. When God speaks, it's not difficult for me to step out into the spirit. There has been times where Shantae and I have watched a movie on Netflix, And the movie just got interesting. I mean, a murder mystery just happened, and I thought, you know, and it was really interesting. And then God said, go and pray. Now, (laughs) it always seems like God's timing is is off. (laughs) It's like, God, can't you ask me after the movie to pray? But while we're watching the movie, just when things started getting interesting, God told me to go and pray. Now, I didn't want to go and pray because the movie was interesting, but it wasn't an effort for me to, to stop watching the movie and to go and pray in my room while Shantae continued watching the movie. And then, as I was praying in my room, God said, go pray for your neighbor. And now, that's a difficult thing to do, to just go up to your neighbor and like, hey, I want to pray for you but it wasn't a difficult thing for me to do because I've been feeding my spirit. And my aim was to do the will of God. My aim wasn't to do my will and my desires. But there has also been times where I've been feeding my flesh, and when I'm standing in the line at pick and pay, God tells me to go and pray for that person, and you know what? Because I've been feeding my flesh, it feels like I'm not ready. It feels like I, I'm not in a space where I can actually give to somebody else. And if we want to step out into the purpose and the destiny of God, this is a season when we need to step up into the spirit so that we can fulfill the will of God in our lives and in this church. It doesn't happen by just walking in the flesh and fulfilling our fleshly desires all the time. There's a line that we have to draw as love-reaching communities people and say that from this point and no further, from this moment on, I choose to live in the spirit and not in the flesh. If we want to fulfil the will and purposes of God in our lives, that's where we need to live. Galatians uh, five sixteen to seventeen says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the, uh, sorry, let me just start again. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. So the The Spirit and the flesh is opposed to one another. These two are always fighting against each other. Whichever one you feed is the one that you will walk in. And if we want to step out into our purpose, we have to step up into the Spirit. I hope that phrase gets stuck in our heads today. Just to remind us during the week, whenever we feel like we are far from God, that should be uh, an alarm going off in our minds saying, it's time to renew our minds. It's time to push in to the things of the Spirit. The second thing that I want to talk about is seed. Now, what happens to a seed when it falls on the ground? Anyone? Any takers? It grows. A seed, when you plant it, it grows. It grows. What what do you have to do in order for that seed to grow up into a good size? You have to water it, right? Now, when we keep thinking about something, we are watering that seed. And the more we water that seed, the more it grows up, till eventually it becomes a tree. Now, I don't know about you, And I don't know if you have ever taken a tree out of the ground, but it's not an easy job. If we entertain the wrong seed, those seeds end up becoming trees in our minds. It becomes really difficult to get rid of those seeds that have been growing up in our minds. That's why we must take care of every thought that comes into our mind. You see, everything that comes into our mind is a seed that is being sown. Whether it's from God, whether it's from the devil, whether it's your own thoughts, everything that comes into our mind is a seed that is being sown. And in Jeremiah 31, it explains that our soul is like a well-watered garden. Now, what's the significance of that? You see, in a well-watered garden, anything grows. It doesn't matter what you plant in it. It grows. And if we don't take care what's going on inside of here, then everything will just grow. Now, I've also heard people say that, you know, I've tried reading the Bible and it doesn't work. Who of you have heard that phrase? I've tried praying, I've tried reading the Bible, and it just doesn't work. Well, if your mind looked like the Amazon jungle... It's not going to help to just read the Bible once a week. You have to do it on a constant basis. You know, it takes time and effort to take a tree out. It doesn't just happen instantly. If your garden is overgrown at home, it doesn't just you know, look nice in a couple of minutes. It takes time, loosen the soil, pull out the weeds, cut the overgrown branches. It takes time and it takes effort. And if we are in a season of stepping out, we need to make a conscious choice to put in some elbow grease and to put in some work to clean out these gardens so that we can step out into the purposes and will of God. Going to, it's going to take some work from our side to clean our gardens, to clean our minds, so that we can constantly focus on the things of a spirit and not on the things of a flesh. You see, when we water that seed and that tree grows up, if we read the Bible once a week, it's, we cut some of the branches, but what we're actually doing is we're pruning that tree, <laughs> and it grows even more. We need to cut down that tree completely. Don't even give it a chance to grow a little bit further. Now, in school, we used to do gardening. Yes, and I used to hate it, eh? I I thought my dad was a slave driver. Uh, we had to work every weekend. And we had a a 2,500 square meter yard. And me and my brother had to do the whole garden. We had to cut the grass, wheat eat, loosen the soil, cut the overgrown branches. It, was a really, it wasn't an, a fun job to do, but I'm bearing the fruit of it today. Now I'm enjoying doing gardening. Yes, because it's my own. <laughs> uh, yes, I am living on the second floor, but I do have plants, which I'm watering <laughs> to bear me some fruit. <laughs> but the thing was, when, whenever we went on holiday and... We came back, man, that garden was overgrown, and it wasn't fun to then cut the grass. And if we keep doing maintenance, if we keep renewing our minds, it will become easier and easier to constantly walk in the things of the Spirit. Little by little, instead of trying to chop down a whole tree all at once, every time you just chop, little by little, Progress, little by little, one foot in front of another. So if you are feeling hopeless, if you feel like, man, I cannot do this, I want to tell you, just put one step in front of another, little by little. That is how we chop down this tree. Third thing that I want to talk about, strongholds. Now, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5 says, For the weapon of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And we are to take every thought captive that is not from God, okay? There, if, you should identify <laughs> the thoughts coming into your mind, is that from God or is that from the devil? I've heard people say that God told me to divorce my wife. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's not God speaking to you. Every one of us have thoughts that we feel no one loves us. No one really cares about us. I am not worthy. And these are all thoughts from the devil that we need to take captive Because these thoughts does not line up with the word of God. Now, what is a stronghold? Before I carry on. The way that I explain it to the King School kids, stronghold. Stronghold. (laughs) Something strong that holds you down. Now, who of you know how they tame elephants in Asia? All right, if you don't know, I'll explain it to you quickly. What they do is, from, a, from when the elephant is a baby, they tie a rope around its leg. And then they tie that rope to a tree. And when the elephant is young, it tries to get loose, kicks and kicks and kicks, and eventually it realizes that whenever this rope is around my leg, I cannot move. So this elephant grows up to be big, and as, when it's big... All they have to do is tie a rope around its leg and put a little stick into the ground. And that elephant does not move. And that is what the devil is doing to us. When he whispers those thoughts from a young age, you are not worthy, you are not lovable, nobody cares about you, those are strongholds that the devil is building up in our minds that we need to identify, that we need to tear down by the word of God. Because if we don't, when a time is ready and God says, now is the time for you to walk in your purpose and your destiny, we will say, I'm not worthy to do that. I don't think I can do that. Because of his strongholds that has been built up into our minds. And these strongholds we need to tear down. If we want to step out into our purpose and destiny, we need to step up into the Spirit, into the things of the Spirit, And that includes, and in doing that, we tear down these strongholds that are constantly holding us back. You need to take those lies captive. And no matter how strong you are, or no matter how strong you think you are, let me rather put it like that. If you are walking in the flesh, the devil is walking you like he's walking a dog with a a leash around your neck. And he's basically controlling you. As long as you are in the flesh, the devil can basically control you, do what you want. All he has to do is whisper a lie in you, you will grab it, and you will um, run with it. That's why it's important to constantly walk in the Spirit so that we can identify the lies of the devil, so that we can live for one person and one person alone, that's Jesus. Amen. So, now we're going into the second part of my preach. How do we... What practical ways can we use to renew our minds? Now, if you haven't been taking notes up to this point, I want to encourage you to take notes of the following, because these are the things that you would want to do, that you need to do to renew your mind in order for you to step up into the things of the Spirit. Now, if you feel like um, you're in a very bad place, if you want to start renewing your mind after years of unrenewing your mind, the best thing to do is immerse yourself in the things of God. Immerse yourself completely in the things of God. That means your five senses, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste, what you touch, what you smell, everything must just be Jesus coming into your life, into your five senses. And when you have, if you have been feeding your flesh for a long time, it might be difficult at first to start stepping into the Spirit, to start, start the process of renewing your minds. All I want to encourage you with, don't give up. Keep on going. It will be worth it at the end of the day. I promise you. The first thing that we can do to renew our minds, make a Jesus alphabet. Now, this is something that you can do in a day, In a week, take time to think about this. So, how this Jesus alphabet works is you start with the letter A, you work yourself down to the letter Z, and with every letter, you ascribe God, ascribe a word to God. For example, A, and it's so cool that we have done it. God is amazing, God is awesome, God is almighty. Then you go to the letter B, God is beautiful, God is brave, okay, and then you go to the letter C, God is compassionate, to the letter D, God is my deliverer, and as you go through this alphabet, God becomes bigger and bigger, and then you start seeing everything in perspective, You see, uh, Ed Strong, a couple of years ago, gave an example. He said, all of you guys can see that big board there, right? Now if we have to take our hand and put it right in front of our eyes, will you still still see that big board? No you won't. And sometimes that's what our problems does. It comes right in front of us, closing our eyes so that we can't see. And as we start ascribing the bigness and the greatness of God, what we're doing is we're putting it in perspective. So that eventually, we put our hand right next to this board and we realize that our hand actually has nothing on this board. This board is like 100 times bigger than this hand. And as we start seeing how big God is, we start seeing how small our problem is. And it's really easy for us then to step into the things of the Spirit. The second thing. Pray. Pray. Now, I will always make much of this point, because this is probably the most important thing that we can do as Christians. If you do not have a prayer life, you don't have a spiritual life, end of the story. I don't care what you say. If you do not have a prayer life, you do not have a spiritual life. That's the reality of it. See, if you have to talk to your husband or your wife once a month, would, would that relationship last? No, definitely not. If you talk to your wife once a week, will that relationship last? I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think so. If you talk to your wife or husband two or three times a week, will that relationship last? No, you have to talk to them every single day. And it's the same with God. We, if we think that we can talk to God once a week, we are fooling ourselves. If we claim to have a relationship with God, we are fooling ourselves. Prayer is a thing that needs to happen daily. If we claim to have a relationship with God, there is <laughs> an, an effort that we need to put into this relationship. If we don't, there is no relationship. We have to have communion with God every single day in order to have a strong relationship. And this is the one thing that the devil is out to do. He's out. He knows that if he can stop your prayer life, he can stop the flow of the Spirit in your life. And so all he has to do is get you in the flesh, because once you're in the flesh, you wouldn't want to pray. Because when you're in the flesh, you're feeding your flesh. And your flesh is like, I don't want to pray Your flesh is opposed to the things of the Spirit. And when you start praying, it's like, ah, so difficult, because you've been feeding your flesh. Now, the other day, I asked my Bible Ed class, who of you have ever prayed before? Okay, and almost everybody's hands went up. Then I asked them, who of you have ever heard... God's voice. And nobody's hands went up. So I asked them, so what you, or I told them, so what you guys are actually saying to me is that none of you have ever prayed. And they went like, what are you saying? You see, prayer is a dialogue with God. We cannot claim to pray if we don't hear the voice of God. Then we are basically just sending requests to God. Jesus, I want this. We are treating Jesus like Santa Claus giving me requests. I want this, I want this. Jesus, please do this for me, do this for me. Never mind what God wants. (laughs) Prayer means to exchange our thoughts for God's thoughts. That's what it means to pray. And as we pray, we engage with God and we have a conversation with God and our thoughts, we might be all messed up. God wants to take out and he wants to fill it with his thoughts of what he says about you. What he says about the situation. And something that I hear a lot is I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say when I start praying. Well, here's something that you can do make a prayer list. Simple. On my phone, I have an app called, uh, it's a reminder app. And in this app, I put everything that I want to talk to God about. And whenever somebody asks me, can you please pray for me for this or that, I go and put it in a prayer list. And every time I pray, I'm reminded I need to pray for this thing. So a prayer list is not set in stone, but it's something that you can use to just get the conversation with God started. Is that okay? Let's be a praying church. The third thing... Read the Word of God. Now, Second Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience. Now, how would we know truth and what is not from God if we do not know the Word of God? Just like that person that said, God told me to divorce my wife. Where? God's Word will never... Um, God will never say something to you that is not in his word. And on top of that, this is the thing that God gave us to chop down these trees that are growing in our minds. This sword we are to use to chop down these trees that are growing. Our good deeds will never be good enough to get rid of our trees. We have to use the word of God to do that. Now, I want to play a video clip, and this clip explains it so beautifully, just why it's so important to read the Word of God. A lot of you guys might have seen it, and um, for those of you that don't, enjoy. You guys can please put on the clip.
1: There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled uh, 40,000 general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. Right and they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. They weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, When we're in the scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday, that's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'm gonna spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect now at three times a week there was a blip on the map like there was a heartbeat something happened again a heartbeat okay. but here was a profound discovery when we're in the scripture four times a week it literally spikes off the chart Alcoholism drops 57%. Crazy. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question how much time are you spending in the scripture? If they're in the scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word and then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there.
0: Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) So just by reading the word of God, can you guys see the effect that it has on your life? And it's the amazing thing is that four times a week is the the moment that you feed your spirit more than your flesh and that's when you start seeing more results in our in your life and when you keep filling up with the word of God you can't help but to tell other people about this hope that you have you see when when you are filled with the word of God you start seeing the outworking of this in your life and when you see somebody else struggling with the same problem man, you would want to share with them what has worked for you. And that is just to fill up with the Word of God. Be constantly in the Word of God. Now, I'm running a little bit out of time. Just two more points left. I'm just going to quickly go through them. Fasting is the other thing that we can do. Now, we don't necessarily have to stop eating, but fast the things that are distracting you. Fast the things that are actually pulling you into the flesh. Fast those things. If Netflix and Facebook and Instagram are one of those distractions, stop doing that for a period of time. And spend the time that you used to use on Netflix or Facebook to, um, to spend with God. Is that okay? All right. The next one is surround yourself with people that push you up higher and not that drags you down to their level. It's important for us when we want to renew our mind to spend time with people that will build our faith. It's no use spending time with negative people if you want to get your mind renewed to think on the things of the Spirit. Is that okay? All right. So God is saying this morning, in order for us to step out into our purpose and our destiny, we need to step up into the things of the Spirit. And I want to put this challenge out for you guys are you willing to commit to this as a church? Can we as a church commit to pursuing God in this season, to pursue the things of the Spirit, to pursue walking in the Spirit and fulfilling the desires that God has for our lives, for this world? You see, when... The last couple of weeks in Joburg, there have been hectic rains and hectic floods. What happens to the rivers when when it's flooding with rain? It swells up. Who who does these rivers affect? Everyone in the surrounding areas and everyone that comes into its path. And then you have the opposite, which in Cape Town there was a massive drought for a couple of years. Now, who does that affect? Everybody around it. And that's the effect that we, you and I, have on this earth. People are either experiencing the kingdom of God or the lack thereof. The choice is yours. Do you want to be an overflowing river or do you want to be a dry dam? Let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for this morning, Lord Jesus, and Lord Jesus, I pray that you will come and convict hearts, Lord Jesus. There's an area in every one of our lives, Lord Jesus, that we need to grow in, and Lord, right now, I pray that you will highlight those areas in every single one of our lives, Lord. I pray that you would come and show us, Lord Jesus, what we need to give up, Lord Jesus, where we need to put our attention to. I pray right now, Lord, that you would speak to every single one of us, Lord. And I pray, Father, that in this time that you will use every single one of us in such a mighty and powerful way to not just be and and affect the church, but Lord, also to affect the communities around us, to affect the people around us at our workplaces. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just come and fill us up with your Spirit, Lord, fill us up with your spirit. We cannot do this without you. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.